Welcome to episode 186 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. As I said, this is episode 186, and that means that in a few weeks, we will be at the big episode 200. I'm going to do something special for that episode, so stay tuned for that. I also want to remind you that with my friends at Simple Truth Theatre, I will be bringing my solo play, The Commandment, to this year's Toronto Fringe. The Commandment is about what happens when an atheist discovers that he's been chosen to deliver God's new commandment and will be at the Tarragon Extra Space. You can find out all about it in your Fringe listings or by following me on my social links on Twitter and Instagram, at Phil Rickaby, and you can also find details on simpletruththeatre.com. And as always, if you want to drop me a line about the podcast, you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. Now, let's talk about TodayTix. TodayTix is an app and website that offers easy and affordable access to a wide variety of must-see cultural performances from plays and musicals to dance, opera, comedy, immersive experiences, and beyond. Let's open up the app and see what we have this week. Oh, you could really tell that the Luminato Festival is right around the corner because there are so many Luminato events here. Look for the Luminato logo and you will see the Obea Opera, Triptych, Eyes of One on Another, Hell's Fury, and so much more. I also want to point out that the Full Light of Day, which has rush tickets starting next weekend, Full Light of Day is a co-production with Canadian Stage and Luminato. Today Ticks makes ticket buying simple and you can purchase tickets in less than 30 seconds. And starting today, you can get $5 off your first purchase on Today Ticks if you use the code STAGEWORTHY when you check out. Get it on iOS and Android or go to todayticks.com and remember to use the code STAGEWORTHY when you make your first purchase on the app. So this is the second of my Toronto Fringe episodes of the season. Remember that for the next few weeks, I will be talking to performers and creators with shows at the Toronto Fringe. And don't forget my regular Fringe Roundup on both of the Saturdays of the Toronto Fringe, where I will sit down with a group of artists and talk about their Fringe experience to date, what shows they've loved, and so much more. Those episodes are recorded and released by noon on each of the Saturdays of the Fringe. And this week, my guest is Jennifer Busatel, the creator and performer of Getting Better, which you will find at the Tarragon Solo Room at the 2019 edition of the Toronto Fringe. Let's let's just jump in, okay. and I want to I want to like what's tell me about tell me about your show. Okay, um, so my show is about um, my head injury. So mm-hmm. in 2014, I had um, like a blow to the head, mm-hmm. um, and we're still devising it right now. So it's not like completely mm-hmm. finished sure. or anything. Um, so it's about like the emotional journey journey that I go through, mm-hmm. like trying to get better. Mm-hmm. What's it called? It's called Get Better. Oh, go get yeah. better. All right, that's an excellent name for it. Um, <laughs> So what, what made you decide that you wanted to, to tell this story on stage? Um, I've never seen anything like about head injuries mm-hmm. aside from movies and everything's showing like a doctor's kind of view of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so many people have head injuries, yeah. 
like after I had my bit my big one, um, so many people went up to me after and they're like, Oh, my brother had had one yeah. or like I have a friend who had one, like I know what you're going through or like they don't didn't really understand what was happening. Yeah. Um I think within like the last five, ten years, like people are understanding things a little bit mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Which is great. Um, but I really just wanted to show like the emotional side of what's happening. Because yeah. I think the stories that are being told or like the facts that are being told about it are just from like the doctor side and like what we're learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long ago was the head injury? Um, so it was in 2014. Okay. Um, and before that I've had four major concussions before that, that I kind of brushed off. I mean, isn't that what we, what we've been taught to do about concussions? It's just a concussion. Yes. No big deal. (laughs) It's like, a brain take injury. Take off. Like, just, yeah, yeah. Take, take some time off. Don't wake up every hour. How's it, you know? But you know what? Exactly. Just just shake it off, mm-hmm. which is kind of a terrible thing to do. Yeah. It is a brain injury, you know? Yes, <clears throat> it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, even for myself, I was, um, yeah, I was a fitness coach at the time, and I used to work at Circability, which is like a circus gym in mm-hmm. the city. And I, yeah, I used to train like circus a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I was coaching there as well. And I hit my head on the job there. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the big one? This was, yeah, just, the, the was last this, one. This is the last one, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, so interesting because you're always taught, like, I grew up as a gymnast as well. It's, like, you push through the pain yes, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. So that was something that I was, like, trying to do is, like, push through it. Like, I have to work. I have to do mm-hmm. all these things. And then you sort of reach a point where you can't really push through it. Uh, what, what was your, like, what made you realize that you couldn't push through it anymore? Um, one of my biggest sort of symptoms was my vision mm-hmm. um so even just focusing on someone was so painful right um yeah so I would just get really overwhelmed and it's yeah some people would say painful but it's almost like it's so annoying mm-hmm. that like someone poking you over right. and over it's like this right. pull feeling mm-hmm. um so yeah I had to stop working for a while wow because of that wow mm-hmm. um so that that was one of your symptoms. What other symptoms did you have? Um, lots brain of injury? brain fog. Like I would forget even my friends' names, mm, and okay. just feeling really, really slow. Mm. Like so slow. I don't even know how to explain it. Like there's this dead space. Like when okay. you're talking to people. Um, did you feel like that was was that just something you were sensing, or did other people sense that you were that you were uh, talking slowly or or moving through this fog as well? Right. So I would talk to my friends and I would tell them that I would feel that way. And they'd be like, I don't notice anything Hmm. really different. Um, But also I wasn't seeing people as much. Once I realized that I couldn't work, which was after like the first like week of trying to push through Hmm. it. um, I spent a lot of time like just at home alone in like pitch black. Oh, I can imagine yeah. like if, like headaches and stuff. So you must have just been like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And you're bored. So yeah. it's like I try to text my friends and then looking at my phone would hurt. Oh, my God. So then I try to like watch TV and then I would just try to listen to TV and all this stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, thankfully, I had roommates. I was yeah. like completely. No, yeah. but still like it's I, I can imagine it, it's pretty isolating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what the show is a lot about. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> and so, and so this is this is something that isn't often talked about from the patient's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things? So, I mean, you you mentioned that like 
you're still sort of like developing this show. So what's that process been like? Um, so it's really interesting. When I had the head injury, when I was physically going through it, I tried to write some things down mm -hmm. because I knew I might not remember. Yeah. Um, because the days would just go by fast. Like everything was sort of a blur. Um, yeah. So I tried to write things down as best I could. Mm -hmm. And so like, we did have some like journal entries that mm -hmm. we have been playing with and sort of devising with in the rehearsal mm -hmm. process. Um, as well, I've just been, I mean, I still do have some of the symptoms, yeah. um, from my head injury. So really just like digging in and exploring mm. those a little bit more. Um, I also really wanted the show to be, I mean, accessible to people that have invisible injuries, um, sure. not just head injuries. Yeah. Um, so just, I was exploring like some mental health things as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're uh, using a lot of movement in the show. Sure. Just been exploring a lot with that. Is is the kind of movement like? Is there? Does that affect the remains of the of the head injury, or do you like? Is that a struggle at all, or is that something that that you've managed to get over? Um. So I definitely cannot be as physical as I was before. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I used to train like four hours a day at mm -hmm. least. Um. To be a circus artist, you need to be training yeah. like, constantly to be in that shape. Um, and I also went to I went to Randolph Academy, mm -hmm. so I have like a, a dance background as sure. well. Um, so I'm not doing like nearly as much. I think I yeah. like exercise like maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So this show's been really challenging and exciting to see like where I can push my body now. Oh, yeah. Are you are you going? Are you doing more than you thought you were able to? Are you able to do? Are you not quite able to do as much as you thought? It's interesting. Um, when I first had the head injury, um, there were several days where I was like, whatever, like, I'm just going to, like, go for a run. And I would, like, go for a run and feel completely fine. And then about five hours later, I would get, like, flooded with uh, all these symptoms. Like, couldn't leave, like, the bed for, like, two days after that. Wow. So it was really hard to get back into it because while I was doing things, I couldn't really feel that it was, like, going to be harmful mm -hmm. until after the fact. Right. So it's been a very slow process getting back into like, yeah. my physical, my yeah, physical body. Yeah. But like I'm in a place now where I just know to take it like as easy as possible. Yeah. And in rehearsal, yeah. we're taking it as easy as possible. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, but I do think that I express myself with like movement because of my background like sure. more easily sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I think a lot of us uh, in theater do. Like, I have friends who are like. Why do you gesture so much? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I just do. I've even noticed here that that like you're you're constantly moving as we as we converse, which is again sort of like the, a similar thing. Mm -hmm. The movement helps to to get what you're saying across. I think, or at least that's how we perceive it. Yeah. And if you've if you've spent a lot of time doing gymnastics and and circus, then absolutely it's important for your body to move. Mm -hmm. um, we've mentioned those things. You mentioned Randolph, and one of the things I wanted I like to do is to talk to people about their their theater origin story. And yours right. sounds interesting <laughs> because you've got you've got theater, you've got gymnastics, you've got circus. So what's that? What's that path look like for you? Um, from the very beginning? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I grew up in Windsor, which mm -hmm. borders Detroit. And my parents used to usher at like the Fox Theater mm -hmm. and like all these big theaters in Detroit. And I grew up like going to shows with them while they were mm -hmm. at Usher. I would just like sit in the audience. And I think that's what made me love theater right away. Like mm -hmm. the first show I would see every year was um, the Christmas Spectacular with yes. the Rockettes. Okay. 
And that was like the most. <laughs> oh my god, that would be that would like come through, and it would be the big like the line kick and the yes, whole, like yeah. animals, like there were oh, camels wow. coming down the aisle. Um, yeah, so that was really inspiring to me, um, and I really loved sports. So mm -hmm. it was kind of that thing growing up where I had to pick if I wanted to do like theater or sports. Yeah. And for a long time, I chose sports. Mm, okay. So I did gymnastics for a long time, and I think sort of doing your routines did feel like performing in a sure, way, yeah. like. Not necessarily a, a character. Um, and I knew it was something I loved doing. I ended up doing some community theater. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was in high school, I was deciding if I wanted to do writing or, like, go to school for theater. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I thought, like, writing's a more secure job, <laughs> <laughs> is what I thought. So sure, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. a writer. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went on a class trip to see um, a show at Stratford. We saw um, To Kill a Mockingbird, mm -hmm. and I completely changed my mind. I was oh, like, really? Yeah, it blew my mind. Like, seeing the kids on stage mm -hmm. was so inspiring. I was like, I could even be doing this now. Like, this is amazing. So um, right up until then, you were, like, writing, writing, and yes. then you left there, and you were like, no. No, 100% flip. Mm -hmm. Like, I was always taking, like, drama class and stuff sure. in high school yeah. anyways as my elective, but that, like, was the real switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, so... I mean, a lot of times, you know, when we're in, in high school and things like that, we're thinking, we're going, we're doing plays and things like that, you know, we're sort of toying with it. Um, and then at that time where they start to start talking to you about your future, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't make the choice to, to do theater as a, as a career. Do you remember the point where you were like, this can be a career for me? Um... I don't know. I feel like I've always kind of been a dreamer like that. Mm -hmm. And since when I was like five, I was telling my mom I wanted to be an actress and I didn't really know what it meant. Right. You know? Okay. Um, maybe it was seeing that show mm -hmm. and seeing the people on the stage, like the actors talked to us before, like the, yeah, the oh, more senior right. actors. Yeah. We had about like five of them just doing a talk back yeah. before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I think that's when it really clicked. Like, so all of a sudden, like, real. that's great, because then now they're, like, real people, and you've, like, heard them speak as themselves rather than just as their characters, which yeah. is awesome, yeah. So did you, where, how did you find yourself at Randolph? Did you have other right. schools you were thinking of, or was Randolph the only one for you? Um, so I did the Introduction to Performing Arts Careers at George Brown. Mm -hmm. um, when I first moved to Toronto, I actually did... Sorry, I'm not going chronological sure. here. I did um, the continuing education at George Brown mm -hmm. for acting. I didn't really know sort of how I wanted to get into it. Sure. I thought that I would just move here and take a few classes and kind of see. Yeah. Um, so I did the continuing education, tried auditioning a little bit, but I had no sense of the industry. I was very confused mm -hmm. about how it worked. Um, so I took about three years off just making money and doing those continuing education classes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I did the impact program at George Brown. Mm -hmm. um, I found that to be like a little bit useful, but I still felt like I wasn't really like digging in. Mm -hmm. um, so I auditioned for George Brown, National Theater School, and Randolph. Okay. And Randolph was sort of like my safety, and I did it first. Okay, okay. But I realized in the audition, like, I love dancing, mm -hmm. and, like, I've always loved singing, so mm. why wouldn't I do this? I guess sure. I just didn't really explore the option yeah. of it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I got in there, so I was very happy to go there. Did you feel like something felt like at home, or was it just the, the, the fact that here you would be able to do all those things? I think 
I, <laughs> I always think about things I think strategically, and mm -hmm. I was like, in this industry, I'll have a better shot if I can like sing, dance, and act. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely did think of it like that. Sure. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, like, I feel like I was so young, even though I took three years off, I wasn't sure how I felt about classical theater. Mm -hmm. And I feel like George Brown, like, focuses more on that. I wasn't sure. I just yeah. really wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then okay, yeah, circus. How did you, how, yes. how did circus come into this? There's okay. a lot of things coming yes, into this. So, yeah. Okay. So growing up, one of the coaches in my gym, um, he started a like circus sort of company mm -hmm. um, in Windsor and he's he has since moved to the States. I'm not even sure what the name of the company is. Um, but we also had silks in our gym because of that. Mm -hmm. And um, one of his best friends was in Cirque du Soleil. Mm -hmm. So that sort of was just always in my mind as a possibility as something I could do like from gymnastics. Like yeah. that's what retired gymnasts do is sure. they like are in Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Like, that would be so amazing. And I always wanted to do it. Um, and then when I moved to Toronto, a first year here, I saw an ad in Now Magazine for a circus class. Okay. And I was like, oh, like, I have to try this. Like, just go once. And I, like, fell in love. Oh, yeah? Fell in love with it. And I just, like, didn't turn back from there. What was it that you were doing? Like, was it silks or was it something? Like, what was the, what was your, your thing in circus? Um, so I actually trained in silks, trapeze, and aerial hoop. Okay. Yeah, so did it all. Wow. <laughs> well, not all at all, but yeah. Wow. I was just inspired by all of all of it. And how did you start teaching? Um, so I was training there, I think, three days a week. Mm -hmm. um, and because I had been training, gym, um, sorry, coaching gymnastics, yeah. they started a kids program there. So mm. the head coach there, Heather Kentner, she asked if I wanted... Like if I want to start coaching the kids classes mm -hmm. um, and then I start, I finished all of the levels for like the silk trapeze and hoop. So she's like, you can teach the adults now too. And oh. like, yeah. So <laughs> that's sort of how it started. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that became, was that, was that one of the, was that your primary way of making a living teaching or was that like, how was that? How did that relate to the whole uh, um, theater life? Right. Um, so, like, with some of my friends there, we would, like, create acts, and mm -hmm. I have a friend who had, like, a theater company, um, sorry, with physical theater and circus, and just integrating all this stuff, right. and I was getting so excited, right, like, fresh from theater school at mm -hmm. this point, um, and seeing all the, like, opportunities there where I wanted to keep that skill, as well as do theater, but things like Heart of Robin Hood had just come out, yeah. um, like, incorporating circus in theater, mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to start creating things like that as well. Um, as well, I was the artistic director of the kids program there. So we would do like a theater show with sure. circus in it. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. So I felt like I was still working in the industry, although it was yeah. kind of closed, like kind of closed off a little bit because it was mostly just parents of kids. Well, I mean, shows, but, still, yeah. I mean, the thing is that, that, um, in, in that sort of thing, it's still, it's still theater and it's, in fact, mm -hmm. in a certain way, there's a certain, I think, um, amount of unbridled passion in kids because they mm -hmm. don't know they can't do something, right? Yes, you know? that's so true. Yeah. They, I think the biggest thing I learned from them is none of them were scared to fail. Mm. Like, I, especially the, like, preteens and younger, they just weren't, they weren't scared to fail. They just wanted to try, be silly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they also haven't realized they can be hurt yet. Yes, that's in true, a lot too. Of cases. They're, they're so brave. They're so brave. They're, <laughs> they're like, so brave. Things that, like, now, I remember a couple years ago, I was like, I'm going to learn how to rollerblade. And I got on rollerblades, and I was like, 
if I fall, I'm probably going to break something super seriously. I got off the rollerblades mm -hmm. and I didn't get back on them because I'm not as young as I was. And I'm very conscious of the fact that I can get hurt, mm -hmm. you know? And so, <laughs> although, and, but when I was younger, I totally would have just been on those things and just like thinking, I, I'm going to figure it out. And I think also one thing I know, like for myself in circus and gymnastics, it's, I would be so brave until I hurt myself once. Mm. And then every time you're like, oh, I could hurt myself, like you start to lose that bravery because of that. You know, it's interesting about that is like if you've ever been in a show and you've forgotten a line mm. and you've, you've done that once. And then the next night you remember that that's where you forgot the line. You you so concentrate on it and that you can get to the same point where you have trouble with the line. Right. Mm -hmm. Once and you know that it's possible exactly, that you could do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it becomes like this whole thing. You know, there are actors like, like you know, uh, there's the, the Laurence Olivier story where he was like, had so much stage fright that he was telling people at one point, like, don't look at me on stage. I'm not going to be able to oh, do wow. this if you look at me. Yeah, totally, totally freaky. Yeah, that's freaky. Um, so now that you've, did you get in on the lottery or were you? Uh, were um, you yeah, in, in the lottery. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. One of the lucky few. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was it, did you go to the lottery? No. So actually my friend and co-producer, um, Hannah, Hannah Wayne Phillips, she actually got the spot okay. and she was just pr producing a show at the same time. And she's like, I know you have a story. Do you want to mm -hmm. like go in together yeah. and tell nice. like your story? Nice. Um, at, so at this point I hadn't prepared like anything. Sure, I hadn't started yeah. writing, mm -hmm. um, or even, like, I told her in passing that I had this idea for a show. Yeah. I hadn't really, like, dug in. So yeah. it was really exciting and, like, lit a fire underneath me. At what, how, at what point did you start writing after the lottery? Um, so I started looking through old journals. Mm -hmm. um, and during my head injury, I actually, like, wrote a poetry zine. Okay. <laughs> called Buzzkill, which is the name of my company. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, like, that's when I started, like, looking through things. Um I have never written a play before, mostly just, like, poetry. Um, like, I've always journaled, so yeah. it really started with just a lot of journaling, of really trying to, like, get back to that time and, sure. like, dig into where I am now. Yeah. yeah. Was that journey, like, getting back into where you were then, was that at all difficult? Was it was it a, a hard thing to do? or? It was very difficult. Yeah? It's still difficult. Mm -hmm. um, the show now we're trying to make more fiction because mm -hmm. it is still so fresh mm -hmm. um i didn't realize i thought that it would be easier to act in a piece that's like so authentically me um it's yeah. actually way harder mm -hmm. which i didn't realize so yeah we're making some of it fiction to make yeah. it yeah it, it's super hard to because when it's all just you there there's a certain amount of like how vulnerable do you want to be in front of an audience and how much of yourself do you want to put out there exactly yeah, yeah. And, and how much do you want to go back to that time Every time you perform the show, mm -hmm. was it was it emotionally difficult or? I yeah, emotionally yeah. difficult. And I found we realized at some points in rehearsal that I had mm -hmm. because of how hard it was during the actual experience, mm -hmm. and I'm like stronger now because of it. It's almost harder to get into it because I've moved past that, right. yes. and it's really myself. So yeah, I found that harder than if it's a separate character to like dig mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There is a. Did you find it at all difficult to fictionalize? Like, have you ever have you 
struggled with fictionalizing any of it because it is your story and then like choosing exactly. what to fictionalize and will people get confused about what's fiction and what's not and things like that like how do you how do you approach that we're struggling with that right now yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah that's really what we're working on right now because i want it to be like obviously me and mm -hmm. my story i don't want it to like seem fake you know right. and i want it to be able to relate to people so if it's too much fiction yeah yeah mm. So this is all pretty new, trying to figure that out then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just did a run through, like, last week, and we realized, like, mm. we needed to make it a little bit more fiction. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. How much are you rehearsing right now? Like, how, how often? Uh, two times a week. Two times a week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's not too much. Are you going to, is that going to increase as you get closer, or do you feel like that's, because for free, yeah. you can, like, if you spread it out over a bit of time, you can get used to it and... That's yeah, we're going for, we're hoping just for two times a week, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll add as we need, of yeah, course, yeah. Um, but that's the plan right now. Nice, in our, nice. Yeah. Um, since this is your first show, um, what's been the most challenging part about either writing or, or producing or all of that stuff? Like, what's been the hardest part? Um, I think the hardest part for writing, I thought that when I first would start writing about it, that it would just finally flow out of me. <laughs> and all these things yeah. I've been holding on to would just, like, spill out. Sure. And I'm realizing that, it, realizing that it's more of, like, digging it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> digging yeah. it out and pulling it out. And that has been challenging, but also, I think, like, exciting, of course. Um, and on the other side of that, like, producing, writing, <laughs> and acting in the same show is a lot, and mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much work it would be. Yeah. Um, but I'm learning so much just about, like, the industry in general, mm -hmm. um, realizing, like, how much producers are putting... Like, I'm not even producing it by myself, yeah. and I'm realizing how much work, like, every sort of piece of the machine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, as, as you're, you know, you're, as you're digging and, and pulling stuff out, have you been, has that all been you or have you been working with your, 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 your partner, your director to, to do that? Or has it just been you trying to, trying to dig deep and find it? Um, for the writing, it's mm -hmm. like just been me trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in rehearsal, um, it's been really great. The director is one of my close friends that I went mm -hmm. to theater school, um, Callie Presniak. So, the scenes where I'm clearly like holding back and have some walls, she's really been like digging and mm -hmm. pulling things okay. out of me. Nice. Um, nice. Even when I'm like uncomfortable, like we're friends, so yeah. we've talked about it and like it's a safe space, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've, if you found this, but I found, cause you know, I, I wrote this, I wrote this, this solo piece and I figured as I was writing it, I'm writing it. Like, I can learn this. It's easy because <laughs> yes. that came from me, right? And then when I started doing it, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not easy at all. It's like learning a new piece because I, I figured out that the that the writing and the learning come from different parts of the brain. Oh, totally separate. Yeah. yeah like, figuring out. I mean, that's what's actually really helped with the writing is when I can't figure out, like, what is my intention for this scene? Yeah. It's like, oh, I've written, like, ten of them. Mm. Like, it's really hard to focus here as an actor yeah. because the writing isn't focused. Mm. So it's been so rewarding as an actor, like, being able to write, like, you know, I can sort of... Um, Make it more direct yes, and yeah. yeah, just get my point across more. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. to be able to, as as the writer, to be able to approach your own words as an actor and to, as you speak it, realize that, wait a second, I need to, <laughs> I need to focus this or make a change or whatever. Because I know that I was finding when I was having difficulty learning it, 
that there was a reason for that, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. And it, because I'm the writer, I can, I can make those changes, which you can't always do yes. in the space, like so, in another show. Yeah, definitely fortunate to have yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. About, about producing, what's been the biggest challenge there? Like, what have you, what have you found? What did you learn that you, that you really had no idea about? Um, that I had no idea about. Um, I think really my, my, um, production manager and I didn't really understand, honestly, I never knew the difference between a production manager and producer. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. had no idea. Yeah, so really yeah. just like learning the role more, sure, yeah. which is so, in- like I've been in shows before, but mm. not really understanding the difference of like whose job is whose job. Yeah. Um, what I've actually really loved is like um, curating sort of like the Instagram and mm, like yeah. the poster design and all mm-hmm. that, like from the same vision of, as like the writer is so fun to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did, really do you, have you finished your poster? Finished the poster. Yeah. I'm fortunate to, um, my partner is a graphic designer, nice. so I could just tell him exactly what my vision was. Oh, okay. And nice. He's nice, really nice. talented. Can make that come to happen. Awesome. To life, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's been like the, and translating, because, you know, you've got your poster, and then you've got the postcard, which is sort of like another thing. And sometimes yes. I know, I sometimes find, like, I got this perfect on the poster. I don't know how to get that onto the smaller thing, which is always, yeah. a, always a bit of a challenge. Did you really lean on him for that? or? Yeah, he's so talented. Yeah. So it's <laughs> nice. really easy. Like, he nice. definitely yeah. understands, like, the vision and my personal vibe mm-hmm. as an artist. Nice. So that was really easy to translate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, here's here's an intro, and I'll get to why I'm at. Are you are you an extrovert or an introvert? I think I'm more of an introvert. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I ask is for me as an introvert, one of the hardest things about about Fringe is the 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 promotion. Yes. The <laughs> the not like if it was all like Instagram posts and things like that, I'd be cool with it. Mm-hmm. But it's flyering lines. Yes. That is my biggest. <laughs> Even as I'm saying it, it's like I can sort of feel like the sweat starting to like I've just like so I if I'm going to do that line and and flyer and talk to people, I probably have to like sit down with my head between my knees for a good 10, 15 minutes Mm -hmm. before I do it. Have you have you ever had to do anything like that before? Um, So that's one of the good things or like one of the benefits benefits from my head injury is mm. I know when I need to rest okay. and mm. I think I'm really gentle with myself about that sort of thing mm. so like I know that I probably could work that day I'll brook it off work like sure. I'll have my alone time before these things <laughs> um and after definitely the sort of like schmoozing in the fringe tent mm. is something that's going to be really hard for me yeah. but I'm really excited for the challenge I hear you about yeah. that it's always like it's flaring lines it's like the whole fringe tent thing. It's always mm-hmm. so stressful for me as an introvert just to, to get out there. I feel so awkward. <laughs> yeah, same. But I really believe in the show and what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, hoping that I'll reach, you know, the right audience. Yeah. I'll find the people that, you know, have these, have head injuries or know someone. And, yeah, I'm hoping that'll bring people. It's in. probably a lot of people, a lot of people that that, that maybe you you don't realize how many people have somebody who's had a head, head injury and, and, and really sort of is looking, like, wants to talk about it and or, or see something about it. Yeah. You know? I mean, since we were talking about concussions and everybody, like, pushing through concussions, like, 
Everybody knows somebody who has at least one of those. Yes. <laughs> if not more. Anybody who ever played a sport has a few of those, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's the thing that excites you the most about, about doing the show at Fringe? Okay. At Fringe, specifically? At or? all. Anything. Let's, let's, let's open it up for, for doing the show anywhere. Okay. Um, it's so terrifying to me. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what's so exciting. Yeah. I've never been in a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was scared, and my friend asked me, and I think I'm just trying to say yes. Okay, okay. So that's what's exciting. It's new. It's personal. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm really just, like... Sh- revealing myself and that's what's so terrifying and exciting yeah yeah what is it about doing a solo show that scares you in particular um so we you were talking about this earlier um from my head injury Mm -hmm. when i was first auditioning i would forget lines sometimes right okay um which was something that never happened to me Mm -hmm. like ever um i think this is like a real test to myself and I want to prove it to myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that if I can do a solo show at Fringe, yeah. like having recovered from this injury, then I can do like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Have you felt like you've been holding yourself back in recent years after the injury or? Yeah, I did take a long time off, like away from the mm-hmm. community in general. Yeah. Like it was really hard to see theater and like because of the lighting changes and yes, the noise. Yeah. Um, so it was hard to like sort of come back into the community in mm-hmm. general. Um, and... I was really, like, holding back, I think, for a long time. Mm. Um, it's only in the past two years I feel like I've been really going for it again. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Um, so that's what, takes, what excites you. Well, I guess, because often I say what scares you the most, but it's the same thing with you, yeah. it sounds like. That's what scares you the most as well. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think every actor sort of has that, like, curiosity, mm-hmm. right? And it's scary and exciting, and that's why we sort of do what we do or why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of your, your head injury, are you, like, you, you still you still have some lingering symptoms of it. Do they come back? Are they, are they things that you've, you've, you're dealing with all the time, or do they come back at, at, after certain things? What's the, what's the situation there for you? So mostly I'll like get them when I'm stressed mm-hmm. um, or tired, right. um, like overworked and like it'll be some brain fog a little bit and mm-hmm. mostly like vision related for me. Okay. Um, and like I still go to vision therapy to sort of like correct those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like taking it day by day, you know, yeah. just like always sort of working through it and just going easy. Yeah. Yeah. Myself. Um, in terms of, can you, are you able to think back and see the change in yourself between like since the, uh, since the injury and now, are you able to say, I, uh, I was here before and now I'm here. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 I remember even just like going to a party was too like stimulating, Mm -hmm. like going grocery Mm -hmm. shopping was too stimulating. Mm. Um, yeah, even just, like, hanging out with friends, I'd have to, like, recover after just, like, hanging out with my pals. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, just seeing how far I've come and just being happy about that, yeah. yeah. I think that's something that people don't often think about, about a head injury, is is all the things that it, that, it, that can be affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not just, ow, my head, that there's, because it's your brain, it can affect everything from your vision, your memory, your moods. Mm. as well did you find any any mood issues for you oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like 
I mean, everyone's different, but mm-hmm. for me, like, I had a lot of irritability, mm-hmm. like, way mm-hmm. more anxious. Right. Um, like some depression, mm. just so much is affected. Like yeah. even like your digestion is affected. I, like I didn't know, I didn't know digestion. Yeah, I had like a lot really? of digestion digestion problems oh, wow. after. Huh. Um, yeah. Again, things that you don't think that are affected by by an injury like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so now, uh, you, I mean, your schedule sounds really good for for Fringe. Yeah. Um, do you have a pitch for your for flyering yet? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty That's of time to come up with that. As you record this, there's plenty of time okay, to come great. up with that. There's no, I'm not going to make you do one right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, because that's that's too much, especially if you don't have one. But there's lots of time now. It's only mm-hmm. it's only May. There's like another another month and a half before that. So plenty yeah. of time for that. Um, yeah. Uh, what's When you were... Have you tried circus since? Or is that like out of the question for you? Um, for me, part of it, part of leaving, like, the circus gym was really just moving on from the industry, like, the circus industry, too. Mm. Because I couldn't do it anymore, coaching there was really hard. I can imagine. Yeah, it was really hard to be in the gym every day, and I went Did you really love it when you were doing it? Was it, like, something that you really loved doing? I really loved it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then it would be really hard to be around it if you can't do it. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. And, like... I, it was hard, but like a lot of my community was there and like, that's how I would hang out with those people is by like training Mm, together, um, and seeing like other circus shows and not being able to do it. Like, I just really want to perform and not being able to do that was really hard. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, like I've always been really inspired by dialogue driven theater. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took it also as my chance to sort of just focus on that like that's what kind of got me interested yeah seeing that Stratford show was really what lit that fire so do you think do you think because you know I've had things that have drawn me away from from straight up theater in my life do you feel like do you think that maybe the circus was keeping you away from was a different passion that kept you away from the the dialogue driven the straight up theater or was that because it sounds like you were doing one and not the Mm. other more than anything else yeah like I was doing maybe one or two shows a year Mm -hmm. I think training circus and working there was making me feel like I was keeping busy but Mm -hmm. really I think I it was distract like a little bit of a distraction um yeah and it's hard to like I wanted to put everything into it but you know you're scared so I was like oh I'll put everything into this instead yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah. absolutely um at what point did did you come to that realization like after the injury and just go oh wait there's this thing that I've been ignoring and what Mm -hmm. was that like yeah I definitely realized that that's what I was ignoring Mm. I think I was scared I really think that I was too scared to put everything in that because I thought that I was good at circus and maybe, and like storytelling in that way. Mm -hmm. And if that's what I'm good at, then maybe I should stick to it (laughs) sort of thing. Um, But that's not the only thing I was interested in. No, it's funny how fear makes us find a thing. I'm good at this. I can do this. Like they can be secure in this when there's the thing that we really want to do that, um, that is easily sidetracked by because we want it so much. Exactly. I almost wanted it too much yeah. that it was too precious to like risk anything for it. Yeah. 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 Has, has working on this show, um, 
convinced you more about what's that it's worth risking stuff on? Like, what is, what is, what have you learned so far from this show? Um, I've learned that. Like, I love the process of theater making. Mm -hmm. It's not just about that finished product. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, I don't know, I like to indulge in that. I mean, that's what makes it different from film, too, right? Yeah. Like, is that whole process of being in the rehearsal hall. Yeah. And, like, I like devising and creating with people. Mm -hmm. um, we're, like, collaborating with our sound designer, too. Nice. Um, yeah, I just really like the collab collaboration. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like you got a great team around you, too, for it. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, did you find the did you find this team, or did 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 they come with the, the project? Like um, so, Murphy Diggin, who is my stage manager, she actually reached out to me because she saw that I won a spot for Fringe. Mm -hmm. And I was in the Fringe last year, mm -hmm. and she was my stage manager. And I was so happy she mm -hmm. reached out for me, reached out to me. And then she helped find, like, all the other... Yeah. Um, what was your yeah. show last year? I was in All of Me. Didn't get to see that. Yeah. Mm. Which is also interesting because it was kind of about the brain. I've heard, okay. I played the right part of the brain. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So the two years of brain at the Fringe. Yes. That's awesome. A little different this time. A little different this time. Yeah. It's still brain, brains all over. Yes. Jennifer, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. This has been a Homebody Productions production.